1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, as you're seated. Thank you, worship team. Amen. I know it was hectic trying to get ready. Rough. Praise the Lord. Good thing it only lasts one day, one time a year. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Again, you ever wanted something so bad you would think about it, dream about it? Huh? I have. Y'all haven't? It? it reads there, 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Remember that in a race, everyone runs. But only one person gets the prize. You, say me, must run in such a way that you will win. Father, make us winners. Victors, more than conquerors. But let us and help us to understand that we're going to have to go after it with all we got. Holy Spirit, speak to hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Run in such a way that you want to win. Now, in this day and age of everybody gets a trophy, participation trophy, that may not fit well. But I think that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Now, okay, you can get a participation. Thank you for participating. But only one team should win. Right? You have to have a victor. That way the other people learn how to prepare better and how to, how to lose. So, you know, you think, oh, no, but, you know, let's, let's be nice. No, no. Win. You got to win. See, when running in a long-distance race, there comes a point. Anybody run long distance? And you get that cramp in that stomach, you know, that, that runner's cramp, that, that, right? And most people, when they hit the cramp, they go, oh, oh I'm that cramp, and they stop. Ah. But the trick to not getting those cramps is to keep running. You got to push through it, right? But under stress, most will want to give up, right? When I came out of the hospital, I was 139 pounds. And I asked the doctor, can I go to work out? Because look at me. I haven't been 139 pounds since I was 12 years old. He goes, yeah, but take it easy. I said, okay. So I started on the treadmill, right? And then I started a little faster. And I, and I asked, that go back about a, about a month later. I go, hey, doc, I've been on the treadmill every three days a week. Can I start weightlifting? He goes, yeah, but be careful. Cool. So I go back, I start weightlifting. And I remember being there at 24. It was the one up north. I was in the corner. Nobody was there. I go in the morning when, or, you know, like mid-morning, no one's there. I'm by myself pretty much. And I, I lifted that weight, and I dropped it down. And I looked in the mirror, and I begin to weep, cry. I look around. I go, wow. Nobody see me. I was crying. Because I never thought, I thought I would never be able to do that again. And then and it, it did something in my psyche that every time I get tired or hurting, I push even harder. You know why? Because there will come a point. Listen, there's going to come a point. Well, I won't be able to do that again. 
And I want to take full advantage of my opportunity to do what I can now so that when I can't do it, now if I'm still pumping iron at 90, that would be pretty cool. But the chances are, that's not, you know, but when I can't do it, I can just say, you know what? When I was able, I gave it all I got. That's, that's the kind of mentality we have to put into ministry, into serving God. Don't under stress give up. Or, you know, some people, oh, I'm under stress, so I got to have a cigarette. You're a sissy. I can't believe people say that to me. You say that to me? Under stress? Are you, you don't know stress. Stress is my middle name. They should change my name to Albert Stress Loma. Man, you got you to be a man up, woman up. Right? Oh, no, no. See, in World War II, they're talking about the portion that, that talks about the war. And even under inhumane situations, good leaders, good people respond. Stress situations. And there's similarities between military and secular, civilian, and ministry uh, uh, life. Right? There's certain aspects. See, when you're in the military or in ministry, you have to understand the first thing that they think about is the accomplishment of the mission. The mission is everything. They get orders, they have a mission. This is what we do. We're under orders, right? And that's what we're talking about relentless pursuit. We have a mission. And it can't be taken, if it's like, oh, well, you know, that's a nice, nice theme. No, 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 no. We have a mission. You have to have that tenacity in you if you're going to make it to the end. Huh? There's another thing that's very dangerous is when, you, when you, you put people in front of God's mission. Because it sounds real nice. Oh, you know, I love this person. That's why I can't. No, 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 wait a minute. The mission is. What God has called us to do is first and foremost, people will follow. But you cannot put nothing before God. The Bible says, I will have no idols. There will be no one before me. God is first and foremost. Correct? Now, it's easy to fade here. But you know how they say, actions speak way louder than words. And then the last thing in, in ministry and in the military is, you cannot have a lack of judgment. A lack of judgment is inexcusable. And the main difference between military leadership and military and Christianity is combat decisions, or rather military decisions are combat related, resulting in immediate life and death. Right? When you're in the military, all the military, when you're a leader there and you're at war, you need to know what you're doing because somebody's going to die, and you know it. It's not like, Later on. No, it, it happens right in front of you. So your judgment, your decisions, your willingness to make the right moves is very crucial. Right? For this reason, General Shinseki said leadership development is systematic, a priority in the army. See, often orders given to people are non-negotiable, carried out by soldiers for fear of court-martial or imprisonment. We would... In the military, we were getting orders. I remember when I was in, uh, when I was in, a long time ago, the Iranians took the hostages, 1979. Some of you weren't even born yet, huh? Oh, that's too bad. Anyway, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying too bad for me. I mean, I'm getting old. Now, the Iranians were taking hostages, I remember. 
So everything, high alert. We're on a high alert. And then I knew it got serious because we all had our, our M16, our weapons. We go down the armory, get our weapons. But when, when you went down to the armory and they gave you the weapons and then they handed you, boom, your can, an ammo can, full of rounds. And I go, ammo? And I looked at, I looked at the guy. I go, whoa, this, and I grabbed it. I go, this is getting heavy now, right? So we, we get orders. We go out. We load up. And I think this was the most, and I shared years ago, this is the most empowering thing I've ever felt, except when I go to world conferences and I see the men. We're there. The first sergeant comes out, and then, you know, he says, tells us what's going on, and the captain comes out, a commander. He said, okay, our hostages have been taken. Uh, the president has us all on high alert, and I want volunteers and we were the 116th ordinance. We were the guys that had all the missiles and a tank and I air and I everything. We, all the guys in this company where I was at, we were all brainiacs. We, we had missiles and we should shoot things down and blow them up. Pretty cool. And he goes, okay, I need them. Volunteers. We don't want anyone who, to go who does not want to go. And I'm standing there like, I go, whoa, this is heavy. He's talking about going to war. I said, I was kind of young. I go, well, it's going to be deep right now. He goes, so, at three, if you want to volunteer, I want you to step forward. And we weren't talking. We were just standing at attention. He goes, one, two, and he's yelling, three. And the entire company went, boom. It was so bad. I mean, no, boom, boom. And I, I, I felt it. There was a power in the unity that we felt. Like, boom, boom. I felt like we could take on the world. I mean, we just got juice. And after we, we looked at each other like, what was that? What happened? He goes, I don't know, man, but that was heavy. Did you feel that? I go, we all felt it. We didn't know what it was. But there was a, there's a power in the unity. See, we understood. We, we're, we're all in. We're going to do this. Hmm? So, see, Christianity, it's a little different. Because our decisions, the death of a person, oftentimes is not immediate. Nonetheless, if we're not careful, death is coming. See, the death that we see is physical, but the death I'm talking about, and it is immediate, is separation from God. See, when you're separated from God, whether you know it or not, or not you're dead. You're like that TV program, The Walking Dead. In the spirit, you're all ugly and pale, you know, walk like this, right? You may look nice right now, but when you're separated from God, you're dead. But we don't see it, right? So we, they're giving orders to the military. And so I believe we have to have that mindset. Why? Because people are going to hell. This is not just a, a Lions Club or a Kiwanis Club where we come together. People are literally dying. Commanding General in World War II said this about war. We are in a war, a shooting war. We have got to fight, and some of us have got to die. I'm not telling you not to be afraid. Fear is normal. But stop worrying about it and about yourself. Stop making plans about going home. Consider yourself already dead. Well, it's heavy. Why? Because we come in and we have all these aspirations without any consideration of the battle we're in. Whether you understand it or like it or not, 
If you're a Christian, you're in a battle. And you can't say, no, no, I'm, I, I don't want to fight. I got my white flag. I just want to live life. No, no, no. You're in a battle. See, either men and women are going to make it to heaven or they're going to hell. And we are in the middle. We have the answer, the solution to life's problems. But sometimes we're not relentless with our, our approach. We're not putting everything into it. We go through a trial here, a trial there, and we get all up, we get knocked off keel. Wait a minute, we're all in trials. That's not a reason to get off keel. You've got to stay focused, and I'll talk about that more later. See, ministry decisions are eternal, resulting either in salvation or separation from God. So how do we make our church, how, how do we understand that the race we run is the most important activity under the sun. This is the most important thing. But I, you know, is it? For me it is. And all, all I can do is lead by example. But listen, when death knocks on your door, what are you going to think about? That's the real deal. What are you going to think about? Oh, you know, I'm going to miss being a carpenter because that's what I did all my life. You ain't going to think about that. Whatever you do, you're not going to think about that. When, when death is knocking, and it will, what are you going to think about? So Victor Outreach, we must be in relentless pursuit of our call. And our call is why we have the anointing that we possess. I always say what? I have the benefit, the privilege of being on my deathbed because I know exactly what I would think when I was preparing to die. The doc, when the doctor told me I had an 80% chance of dying, I go, well, this is heavy. The only thing I thought about was what did I do for God? Why? Because no, nothing else mattered now. My, my, my town car, and I like my town car, didn't matter. My flat screen, didn't even think about that. Nothing mattered. I didn't even think about my wife. All I thought about was what did I do for God? Because my wife couldn't go with me. I was all alone, sitting in that room, lying there, dying. So I determined if I get off this bed, this is never going to happen again. When I die, I'm going to be poured out like a drink offering. Every single fiber in my bone is going to do what it can for God. That way, when I'm laying there, then I can think about my wife and everything else. Why? Because I've known. I've done all I could. I've done all I could. Everything possible. I poured it out. Relentless. See, if we're going to accomplish the mission, remember, that's the first thing we have to do. If we're going to accomplish the mission, the mission must is first and foremost. Since the mission is first, we must remain focused. Focus is improved when we encourage each other. Why? Because life is hard. Is life hard sometimes? Come on now, married couples, you should have raised both hands. Amen? Life is hard sometimes. So how are you going to remain focused when all hell is breaking loose? Huh, that's why we need each other. We have to encourage each other. Come on, we can make it. You can do it. I'm still here. See, true encouragement comes from each other. Com com you know what we call it? Camaraderie, a spirit of core, friendship. 
Huh? It's very, and, and if you look in, uh, in Judges, Joshua brought all the people together, or, or, or the prophets brought all the people together, and I like what they said. When they came together, it said they came together as one man. They came together. They, they were like the 116th Ordnance Company who said, who wants to go to war? Who wants to defend our country? Who wants to go get those, those, those hostages on the count of three? Step forward. And like one man, we went boom, boom. One man. I felt it. There's something about it. And the more people we have, let's do this, the more encouragement. The discouraging thing is when people fall away for, for trivial stuff, for this, for that. Oh, they didn't talk to me nice. Oh, they, they didn't smile. Oh, you know, this thing and, and, and all this other excuses. When they fall, fall away, I go, what kind of sissies are in this planet? When people are dying, going to hell, are you going to snivel about that? I, 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 that's like mind-boggling to me. You're majoring in the minors. You need to stay focused. Why are you here? Why did God call you? See, they came out as one man because they took personal what was taking place around them. See, when somebody dies, gets shot, somebody ODs, get, dies, I don't just say, oh, well, no, no, no. I take it personal. I should have been there. Somebody should have been there. Now, that person is now in hell. I don't know how many dozens of men have been in my home. They left, and they're dead in hell. Why? Because they didn't hear me. Just like some of you are not going to listen to me right now either. Some of you, you're just, you're just here because it's cold outside. But something's going to happen. Life is short. They don't listen. And I'm saying, look, man, you got to stay focused. Why? Because life will take you off your square. And you got to stay focused. I'm not here trying to make you feel better. I'm trying to tell you, tell you something. The way you stay focused, you got to lock in. Or you can, if you go on yourself and be like the rest of the world, okay, fine. But eventually... Life's going to give you a punch in the mouth. It's going to come at you, man. Hmm? See, our focus, not only we take it personal, but our camaraderie as we come together helps us to focus on our vision. That's why I say vision-driven, mission-minded. Vision-driven. I, I, I stay on that. Since I got saved in 1985, it's reached treasures of darkness, reach people, reach people like me. Go to the neighborhoods, go to the highways and byways, get the drug addict, get the gang member, get the prostitute, get those who are the lonely housewife, get those that nobody else wants. Focus, 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 focus. Keep doing it. Don't get caught up with this other stuff. Stay focused. That's all I do. That's all I'll ever do. Hmm? So when we take things personal, we unite as one man, we encourage each other in our relentless pursuit. Amen? See, not only does the courage come from each other, it comes from the Lord. So there may be a time that nothing I can say, preach, nothing your brother, your husband, your wife will do to help you. You're going to go to those valleys too. At that moment, you're going to have to encourage yourself in the Lord. That's when you're starting to grow up a little bit. Now you got to put your man, you know, you got to put your straps up. You got, huh? You got to, you got to, you got to stand up. Cause you'll, you'll get there. There'll be a point where no one can help you. 
You're going to be in the desert. Just like King David. Everybody turned against him. And King David, what the Bible said, he said he encouraged himself in the Lord. Huh? See, when all, there, when all else fails, there's Jesus. Psalm 18.32 says, It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. Psalm 21.13 reads, Be exalted, O Lord, in your strength. We will sing praise and praise your might. I've been in dire straits. Anybody been in dire straits? Oh, yeah. Questioned by the very people I gave my life up for. Wondering if serving God was worth the trouble. Anybody been there? Ask myself, are these people, meaning you, worth the fight? I've been there a number of times. Huh? I was like that toothbrush that complained about having a hard job until I looked at a roll of toilet paper. Hello, someone. You know what I'm talking about? You think you got it hard? You ain't got it hard, man. That's why I like going overseas. No matter how hard it gets, when I go to the Philippines and I see people who've got it hard, I go, what am I crying about? Are you kidding me? We don't got it hard. There are some people who have no help. They're in hell now. People say, I'm in hell. No, yeah. Oh, over here, people be eating, right? What do they call EBT cards. Some of you eat, and that's good when you're down now. You eat EBT cards, right, right, right? And then they think it's their money. It ain't your money. It's somebody else's money. You're eating off someone else. What a country, huh? Where people can actually think it's their money when you're eating off somebody else's money. In other countries, you starve to death. Nobody. In fact, in the jails, in Manila, in the jails, if your family don't come and bring you food while you're in jail, you don't eat. So we go to jail here, we go, we get three hots in a cot. And, oh, and then you complain about your, your green bologna. Right? In jails, in other countries, if your family don't bring you food, you die. What a great place to live in. See, when I come under attack, these types of attack in my mind, all I can do is lean up against my faith. My faith is the sum of my experiences with the Holy Spirit. Psalms 28, 7 reads, The Lord is my strength, my shield from every danger. I trust Him with all my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. The Lord protects His people and gives victory to His anointed. Save your people, blessed are we your special possession? Lead me like a shepherd. See, my relationship with God and you give me the power to remain in the struggle. It does. Because when I say, Am I, is the fight worth it? All of a sudden I begin to think about things like this. You guys may not trip out. I do. I mean, yeah, it's worth it. Because despite... I know some of you got a gaming. One of you, two of you, ten of you, all of you are going to make it and make a difference. And when that happens, it's worth it. When that happens, it's worth it. 
when I see a woman who, who was messed up, and I see many of them tricked out, and they clean up and they get back their dignity, it's worth it. It's worth it. Is it hard sometimes? Yeah. But it's worth it. I have the privilege of having people live with me that are now pastoring all over the world. It's worth it. It's worth it. But I also know this, that I'm not in this fight alone. No. If there's one guy with me, that's all I need. Two, that's all I need. But there's more than that. I'm not in this alone. I talked about the people over here, but I have, there's people here that have been with me. And I know there's people here that are with me. And I know you're with me. I'm not alone. So I'm encouraged. So when I go through that, I'm at home. I said, no. I got people with me. They're learning. They're trying to figure it out. But they're going to get there. They're right there. They're going to be more than conquerors. They may be pastors one day. Oh, they're businessmen now. But that, that's little stuff compared to what they can do. They're with me. Amen? See, I have a family. You're my family. I have my, my, my immediate family, my wife, my kids, and I love them dearly. But they know you're my family. And I keep in the struggle. See, Ephesians 6.10 reads like this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. If we're in a fight to use power effectively, we must be focused. That's why we don't have ten visions. We have one vision. you got to take your vision, your dreams, and focus them. It's like focusing light in a magnifying glass. When you can focus the light, it burns. But if you don't focus the light, all it is is a window. You need to focus it. When you focus it, there's the energy. There's the power. But too often we waste valuable time on unnecessary issues. See, when one was focused, they are no longer Rather, when one is not focused, they're not putting their energy where it needs to be. So we have to be what? Relentless. Say it with me. Relentless. That means you just don't give up. You just don't give up. You keep fighting, you keep fighting, you keep fighting. You keep... Don't quit. Don't ever quit. The greatest speech ever said was just one sentence. During World War II, right, Winston Churchill comes in, and he, and he had experience, and he comes into a college after the war, and they wanted him to give a commencement ceremony. He opens up his, his thing, his, 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 his booklet to, to read his speech, and he says, never, 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 never give up. And he closed his book, and he walked off the stage. That's it. Never give up. Don't ever give up. No matter how many times you think you failed, don't give up. Relentless. Relentless. 
See, I think the biggest, the hardest thing here, and this is how the devil gets us to not really focus. Because as you come together like this, you begin to make relationships, right? Oh, I like you. Oh, I like you. Hey, I like you. All right? But unfortunately, not everybody who says they're a believer and are focused are going to remain. So what happens is we take our eyes off the mission and begin to look at the people that are no longer with you and for whatever reason. And then we begin to question everything. Why? Why? And we put all these answers there. And there's no, you got to get away from that. I'm going to tell you something I shared with these guys earlier. Not one person who came with me to the Lord in 1985 that came, we came together at the same time in Hayward, California, is left. I'm it. There's no one else there. Why? Because they didn't stay focused. And I know them, friends of mine. They're all backslidden, wasting their life. The church is still there, several hundred people. Victor Irish has grown. But the people that start, not all the people that start, finish. And if you focus on them, they'll take you out. You have to stay focused on the mission. That's what I did. I stayed focused. No. Hey, I, I, I missed them, but I'm not here for you. I'm not here for you. I'm here for God. Now, if you're, you're here for God, we'll be here till the wheels fall off. But if not, I'm here. I ain't going nowhere. I would say that all the time. And those same people would say the same thing. I'm with you. Me too, Al. Me too. I'm here. All the wheels fall off. Oh, yeah? Well, eventually the wheels fell off and they split. Why? Because they didn't stay focused on the vision. Stay focused. Because the people around you, they may not have that same focus that you do. Amen? Yep. See, the unfortunate truth is some people do not want to relentlessly pursue God. They don't. Those people will do what they can to convince you that there is no need to relentlessly pursue God. Right? See, to remain re relentless, remain focused. Stay encouraged. Keep the mission, the mission and vision first and foremost. And realize that we are in a battle. And lastly, make the battle personal. Take it personal. This battle with that punk, the devil. It's not an abstract thing. Oh, it's over. No, the battle is against you. In fact, the, the devil doesn't like you, and he wants to destroy you, not only you, but your kids. Take it personal. Christians must be strong, able to stand, and be able to struggle. You've got you to gotta be able to struggle. That's why I trip out on MMA fighters. I like boxing better, right? But those MMA fighters are a trip, man. They, they must love to just bang their heads on the wall. Because they, they get hit and they're bloodied up and beat up and they're, I mean, real bad. And they just keep fighting. I go, man, these guys like to struggle. Man, we get those brothers saved. They'll make good Christians. You could turn that struggle around. Huh? And I'm not talking about worldly strength. No, 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 no. Because we, we, we tend to trust our, uh, trust our own strength. We have to have spiritual strength. Huh? Ephesians 1.18. Let's all turn there. I'm coming in around the corner. Ephesians 1.18 reads like this. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened 
I like it to the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. Now, he just said his incomparable great power for who? Us. Now, so we read this. Do you believe that? If it says it's for us, incomparable. Now, when I look, you know, I'm not an English freak, but I understand incomparable. Nothing compares to the power that is for us. If that's true, do you believe that's true? God bless four of you. Do you believe that's true? If that's true, then what are we waiting for? If we have that power, then what are we waiting for? That, that, that's what I don't get. The only thing I can deduce it is this. Instead of all of us stepping forward like one man, we all, I ain't stepping like that. I'm going to step like this. No, no, I'm not stepping like this. I'm going to step like Everybody's got their own step. And instead of stepping forward like one man, they're just doing the cha-cha. Dun, 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 dun. And that's what's happening. Everybody's got their own little trip. And we can't get people together to step. As one man, that's where the power is. So you can't tap that power if you're all on it for your own bones. Why would God give you that power? No, he has a mission and a vision. And if you want to tap that power, then you got to join forces. That's where it lies. Huh? See, because left to our own, ourselves, we are void of this type of strength. Huh? And some kid themselves, and they think they might have it. Eh. A God-fearing man or woman realizes that this type of strength is beyond them personally. No, no, it's more. It just doesn't happen to you. Even King David didn't have a kingdom by himself. He had a kingdom because others were with him. That's just the only way to go. So, no, but I want my own kingdom. Okay, fine. Start your own church. But you still, to have that power, you got to convince others to be with you. doesn't happen alone. Uh -uh. And then you have to have a vision good enough to keep the people. Uh, we have a great vision. And it's still tough to keep people focused. No, they'd rather go smoke a joint. Get high, have a beer, go smoke a little cigarette, just need the cigarette, or chase Scary Mary, or Lance Romance, whatever they do, because they don't stay focused. Hmm? And I'm trying the best I can to stay focused, because if, if I can get this group focused, it's over with. Over. If you're focused, under orders, I'm here, let's do this. To the battle we are in is not fought by human standards. We require the strength that comes from God, a feeling of the Holy Ghost, the power from on high, the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage, an authority that comes from knowing God. More importantly, an authority that, that comes from God knowing you. That's what we're looking for. That's what I'm trying to develop. We, can, we can't fight under our own power. It doesn't work. See, in ourselves... We can do nothing. Nada. How, how can you find a spiritual being? Hmm? That, that spiritual being that's been intimidating mankind and pursuing men 
for centuries. How are, you, how are we going to fight that dude? Oh, you can't do it by yourself. But together, together, where two or three are in the midst, when two or three are together, there he is in the midst. Now, together doesn't mean in the same room. Mm-mm. No. Together means they've been knit. They are knit. Their spirits are knit. They're together. Because we, we're in this room, right? But are we together? Are, is, are our spirits knit for the same purpose, for the same goal? Or are you evaluating me for this, evaluating this person for that, looking at this, looking at, looking at everything wrong? Are, are you there? Or are you knit? See, when we're together, where two or three are, are together, there he is. That comes back to the beginning. They came together as one man. One man. Not, not 50 men. Not 40 ideals. One. Huh? That's what it takes. So we, yet, we're required to be strong. Through our association and strict dependence on God, we're required to be strong. Be strong, he says. Philippians 4.13 tells us, we all you quoted, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Such a great scripture that doesn't apply to most, most because you have to be together. You have to be as one man. You have to be focused on the vision to gain that type of strength. You don't just gain that type of strength because you read the Bible. No, you know, it doesn't come that way. See, we've got to stand against the devil's schemes. Ephesians 6.11 says, put on the full armor of God so that we can take your stand against the devil's skin. Why am I saying this? Because if we're going to be in relentless pursuit, these are the things that are going to keep you on track. The devil's schemes. The most difficult part of building a church. You want to know the most difficult part of building a church? It's not getting the resources. No, no, no. No. The most difficult part of building a church is establishing strong people that will stand. Oh, they'll stand for a season. I've had a number of people stand for a season, but then eventually something hits them. And then they, they, they walk away for whatever reason, and, and I don't know what happens. It seems that I always have, they walk away, and then they start talking about me like I did something wrong. I didn't know why they left in the first place. But it's the pastor's fault, the leader's fault. It's all these other faults. It is not that. It really isn't. It's they didn't want focused. And the, God, the devil tricked them. It's the devil's scheme. And then what happens, then he starts playing with your mind. Do you ever have the devil mess with your mind? Come on, Ralph. And then he plays with your mind, and then you, 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 you get further away, then further away, then further away, then time rolls on. Next you know, wow, I haven't been in church in years. What happened? Time went by so fast. Yeah, time does. It kicks up speed, man. And the older you get, the faster it goes. Hmm? Yeah. See, to cause a person to keep his or her place. How do we establish people with a steadfast mind? The ability not to waver. Ephesians 4, 15 says that you will no longer be like infants tossed back and forth by every wave blown here and there by every teaching. Huh? So we, I believe in committed church members. So we need committed people. And my prayer is that when a person comes to victory, they become part of a family, lifelong commitment. That doesn't mean you're always going to like me. To be honest, I'm not going to always like you. 
But that doesn't mean we're not a, each other. We're not a part of each other. If liking each other is a requirement, my goodness, you're going to be going all over like, you know, where are you going to go? You have to go to Disneyland where you don't know nobody and everything's hunky-dory. But with real people, real people that have their insecure or messed up, we're going to have points and times in our life where we're just not going to like each other. But get past that. We're a family. We're beyond that. We're big, better than that. We're deeper than that. Because why? Because there'll be other times, even though that very person you thought you could never like, they're going to be your best friend. Because after years of getting old, you're going to look at each other and go, you still here? Yeah, I'm still here. You still here? Yeah. Man, come on, man. You're my dog. You, you watch. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. Why? Because they stuck it out. Huh? They were focused. They endured. They ran the race like they wanted to win. You don't quit in the middle of a race. If you quit in the middle of a race, guess what? You don't win. I quit. I'm taking my ball home. No, we have to be committed, lifelong commitment. It teaches us to stand. So the devil will do all he can to abort any godly relationship you may try to establish. But don't let him. Huh? Don't let him. The devil is a liar. He's the father of all lies. Huh? Everyone here, I can speak, everyone in this room are good people. Don't let the devil lie to you. Do we have problems? Yeah, but so do you. We all have problems. Don't, don't be looking at people. Look at yourself. You're glad they, you should be glad they tolerate you. Don't, don't be so wrong like that. No, they just be, thank God they tolerate me. Yeah, let's all look at the mirror and say, hey, thank God they tolerate me. Me. And just keep going forward. Stay focused. Amen? Huh. So the result lies is threefold. The result of lies, rather, is in threefold. Division happens because you believe the lies. Disunity comes in because you receive the lies. And then it destroys because you were deceived by the lies. You believe, you receive, then you're deceived. Uh, don't fall, don't fall for it. Be careful. As I close, we must exert effort that is not superficial. Effort that is shallow, has no depth, is inconsequential, and it cannot be more, uh, remain motivated. Effort ha has to have meaning. Why are we struggling? I started earlier. Why am I struggling? I have to ask these questions. Why? Why do I struggle? Because of you. See, if it wasn't for you, I would have split a long time ago. But it's you. You're worth the struggle. The home is worth the struggle. The calling, the potential is worth the struggle. That's why I stay. And I'll continue to stay. Until somebody gets it. And then we'll stand forward like, like one man. And when that happens, the curtain comes down. We'll, I'll, you'll know when people snap. Because somebody says, I'm here. We're going to snap like one man. And when we become one man, the curtain comes down. That's easier said than done. Amen? Luke 13, 24 reads, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. We must be willing to put forth the effort, not only for ourselves, but for, for others that come alongside of us. Our plan must be God-centered, God-arranged. 
Remember the opening scripture. That in a race, everyone runs. But only one person gets the prize. You must run in such a way that you win. The prize Paul describes is the opportunity to win souls. Paul talks about training. I, I was at the gym the other day, this young guy. Not real big, big, slim, right? But you could tell he was cut up. And I was checking him out. And he was pretty doing his workout. And I didn't really, and he, had, he was doing pulls. Then he turned away, right? He turned around and he faced me. He had a good shirt. He, he said, six-pack on the way. I go, I like that shirt. I'm going to give you a shirt like that. Some of you don't put six-pack. You might put kegger on the way or something. I don't know. But uh, six-pack, ooh, I like that. Right? Why? Because it tells me he was training. He was training. Working, working. Because listen. If you want to get a six-pack, and I'm not, we're not talking six-pack. I am not talking beer, you bunch of alcoholics. No, I'm not talking about beer. I'm talking, you know, I'm talking about six-pack. I'm you know, the muscle. But if you want a six-pack, guess what? It's going to take a lot of work, a lot of training. You're going to have to pu- push back the tacos, right? If you want to it, it, it's discipline, right? And Paul and Corinthians, he's talking about, about, about being in this, this battle we're talking about. There's, there's this war that we're in. There's this race that you have to go. And he says, I harden my body. Paul says, I harden my body with blows and bring it under complete control to keep myself from being disqualified. I harden myself. I do it. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Leaving tomorrow... It's one of the hardest things I've ever done. Hmm? I want to be away from my wife for 30 days. My family, my son, my baby for 30 days. My church for 30 days. That's the hardest thing I've ever done in my ministry. But I harden myself. I harden myself. I push myself. I'm doing what God has called me to do that I might not be disqualified. So I push forward. Do you think this is a coincidence that, that, that we're meeting at five? The doubts. You're leaving and look what happened. Look what the church is meeting at five. What are you doing? You know what I'm doing? I'm putting my trust not only in God, but in you. I have to trust that you're with me. I have to believe somehow that you're going to be here. And not only that you're going to be here, you're going to take it to heart and bring others. So I have to trust that everything's going to be okay, that you're not going to backslide, you're not going to sin. But you're going to get more holy, more righteous. Hmm? See, caring. General Shinseki said this. Caring does not mean coddling people or making training easy or comfortable. In fact, that type of training can get a soldier killed. No, we have to harden ourselves. 
We have to be able to take it in the chin and keep going forward. That type of training makes you a soldier. So the measure of a Christian or a church is not the quality of the leader of the head. No. The measure of a church is the tone of the body. So is our body a six-pack or is it loose, flabby, out of shape, unable to take a body blow? See, the leader leads people mentally, emotionally, physically, and they take care of the people. So Paul tells us strict training is what we need to compete. What kind of training? Strict training. The apostle Paul's commitment to winning required him to declare, I beat my body and make it a slave. Whatever it takes to win the prize. So winning Christianity conditioned a person to endure, to endure hardships, hurt feelings, to press uh, the pressure of responsibility. Because serving Jesus will take you into pressure. And sometimes, under pressure, we forget. We forget that we're the most fortunate people in the planet. Us. Oh, we're under pressure. But we're in this country. It is still one nation under God. We have the right to share the gospel all over the world. Relentless pursuit. That is our pursuit. To share God's word. To example, be an example of his promises all over the world. To win treasures out of darkness. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head is bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to ask those who say, Pastor, I want to be in relentless pursuit of the vision that God has for our ministry. If you want to take responsibility for those curtains being taken down because this place is full, if that's you, the altars are open.